Hello everyone, welcome to another recording in our series of Pirkei Avot. Today is May 4th, uh, the 28th day of the Omer, and I have chosen today the third Pirkei, which we're working on this week, Pirkei Shilishi, Mishnah Tet Zayin, the 16th Mishnah in chapter 3. It reads as follows, Hu haya Omer, hakol natun be'eravon, umsuda perusa al kol ha'chayim, hechanut petuha ve'achenvani makif, Mishnah opens up with a statement. This Mishnah is a continuation of prior Mishnayot. Opens with the statement who haya omer who used he used to say uh, the he in this mishnah is Rabbi Akiva and he would say hakol natun be'eravon everything is given with a guarantee um suda perusa al kol hayim the trap is set over your entire life hahanut petucha the store is open at all times twenty four seven vahenvani makif. And the shopkeeper is giving out credit. The pinkas patuah, he has his notebook open. The hayad kotevet, and his hand is writing. The harotze lilavot, If you want to come take from the store, fadal, you can take from the store. The gabain mahazirin tadir bechol yom, and the collectors will be coming after you daily. Mida'ato v'shelo mida'ato. With your with your knowledge or without your knowledge, and when they do come, they have what to rely on to collect from. The judgment will be truthful, justice. Everything is in preparation for the end meal. Simple explanation of the Mishnah. It's clearly allegorical. And uh, we'll start to break it down little by little to try to get some, some deep understanding of what's going on in this Mishnah. So the Mishnah says, natun Everything is given, you know, with a guarantee, with collateral. It's a reference to the neshama that is given to a person, that is given to us, and it's going to be the guarantor for our actions in this world. Because at the end of time, when a person is going to be judged... The suffering is going to be the nishama, or the reward is going to be the nishama. It's not going to be the body, at least not in the first version or the first round, which I'll, I'll, I'll expand on what I mean in a second. But after a person passes and the nishama goes to shamayim, um, they're going to be judged favorably, Bezrat Hashem, and if not, not. But either way, the reward or non-reward, let's call it, is going to be the nishama that's receiving that. that why? Because the neshama is the guarantor of the goof. And uh, so there's a Gemara in uh, Masechet Sanhedrin that um, Antoninus was the Roman emperor. Um, he was uh, very close to the B, the B Udanasi. Uh, and uh, there's a whole story how it happened, but whatever. He used to come learn with the B every day. And uh, so one day he tells the B, you know, the goof and the neshama, our bodies and our souls, can actually get themselves off the hook for Yom Hadin. Um, they can get themselves excused for any judgment. Ketzad, how he says. 
the goof can tell the can make a claim and say, I didn't make any sins when I was alive. It was definitely my neshama. Why? Proof. The day that the neshama left my body, I'm in the grave. I can't move. I can't do anything. There's no way. So when the neshama, what caused the sin? The neshama. So they come to the neshama, and the neshama says, what do you mean? Me? The day I left the body, where am I? Flying in the air. I can't do anything. I'm a spirit. I can't move. I can't do. I can't act. The body did it, not me. And therefore, each one can blame the other, and, and the claims are valid. So the goof and the neshama can let themselves excuse themselves from penalty in Olam Abba. Or reward in that for that matter, right? They don't want to they don't want to they don't want to get out of the reward. Obviously they want to get they want the, they want the reward. But anyway, so he says they can get themselves uh, you know out of judgment. So it says B back to Antoninus, I'll give you a mashal. It says mashal I'll give you an example. Guy has a beautiful orchard and he puts two watchmen at the gate of the orchard. One guy is blind and one guy is lame. Okay? And he tells them, you guys are going to watch this vineyard. You're in charge. I mean, nobody comes into my orchard, takes my fruit. Okay. So what happens? The guy who can't walk, can't move, he tells the blind guy, do you know what? This orchard, bejenin. Look at the fruit. Oh my gosh. You can't, you know, you can't see, but I can see. I'm telling you, this fruit is amazing. Beautiful. You know what? Let's do, let's do something smart. Come now. Put me on your shoulders. You walk. I'll tell you which way to go. I'll guide you. I'll be your eyes. And now we could reach the fruit because I'm on your shoulders and you can get me there and we're perfect. I'll pull some fruit off. We'll have a delicious meal. Shh, what a beginning idea. It's a great idea. No problem. So the guy who's blind gets on the shoulders of the guy who can, I'm sorry, the guy who's, uh, who, can, who can't walk gets on the shoulders of the guy who's blind and he tells him, turn right, turn left, 10 steps forward. Beautiful. They eat, they eat, they eat. Shh, they enjoy it. A couple of days later, well, who shows up? Knock, knock, knock. Baalabait is here. He opens the field, opens the gate to the orchard, and he looks around. Half the trees are missing fruits. He says, what's going on over here? Where's my fruit? So the guy who can't walk says, what do you, what do you, it wasn't me. I can't walk. It must have been him. And the blind guy says, what do you mean? It wasn't me. I can't see. How would I know where the fruit is? It was him. What did he do, the, the, the owner? He took the blind guy, uh, the, 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 the guy who can't walk, he put him on the shoulders of the blind guy and he beat the two of them together. Kachomer, the B back to Antoninus, yes, you're right. Individually, it's one person, you know, the, the goof or the neshama can't do anything on its own. They need, both of them need, need to, uh, both of them need to, uh, you know, to pay for their mistakes or to reap their rewards. And that's what Hashem is going to do. And by the way, that's the secret to Tichiyat HaMetim. Why we need to have Tichiyat HaMetim? Because what happens is, the goof is not going to get any reward for its mitzvot in this world if it just ends up in the kever. And so too the goof is not going to get penalized for its sins if it's going to end up in the kever. And therefore, yes, there's two stages to something we call olam haba. There's olam haba that the nishama goes to right after death where the, the body stays in the kever. And when Hashem decides that it's time and the Mashiach is going to be here, there's going to be techiyat metim, and the neshama is going to be placed back in the body and then judged accordingly. The body and the goof together as one to receive benefit of all the beautiful things that the body was involved in the mitzvot in this world that didn't, didn't get a chance to, to benefit from. Uh, and that's what that's what uh, the secret of 
is about. Anyway, I'm getting a little too deep. I don't want to get that deep. Anyway, let's keep going. So, Mitsuda Perusal Kola Hayim, that there's a trap, right, that's set on, 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 your, on your entire life. That, that's that's Yom Amitah, right? We're going through this world and we're taking things from this world, from the store, from the Hanut, right? And, we're, and we, we know there's no running away from Yom Amitah. You know, that uh, that person needs to realize that it could happen at any second, uh, and we need to keep that in, you know in the forefront of our minds to be careful about uh, about the way we're uh, we're behaving in this world. You know, the, the Mana says um, a person who uh, wants to give a korban, Masichet uh, Nedarim says, uh, don't when you're going to make the animal holy because you're going to consecrate it, you shouldn't say La Hashem Ola. Or la Hashem Hatat, or whatever. I can't say Ola. You're giving a korban, right? So you can't, shouldn't say Hashem's name first, and then the type of korban it's going to be. Better to say the korban and then Hashem's name. Ola la Hashem, Shlamim la Hashem. You know what the Rana says? Why? Because we're worried that if you just say Hashem and you intend to say the type of korban after you said Hashem's name, you might drop dead before you get to say the second word. And then you said Shem Shemaim Levatala. Oof, what kind of Musad is that? Right? We don't think that way. Nobody thinks that way. But it's Kedai it every once in a while to remind ourselves that we're not here forever. You know? And uh, one day we're going to have to pay back the grocer for everything that we took off the shelves. So he says the Hanut is Pituha. It's open. And guess what? It's open 24 7. person wants to do other deeds that are not so great. Yeah, anytime the Yitzhara is readily available. Yalla, call me anytime, Baba. <laughs> Just, uh, I'll, I'll be there. So anyway, the Hanvani is Makif. He's giving out credit, right? So the uh, the rule by uh, giving out credit, you know, why are we calling it Hanvani Makif? Why, is it, why, why don't we just call it a loan? Right? Hashem is lending things to us. You know, he says, no, it's more like store credit because store credit doesn't get canceled in Shemitah. There's no get. There's no getting out of the store credit. It's not a regular loan. If we say that you're borrowing from the store, you know you're borrowing on credit, that potentially could get get wiped out in shmita. So I'll wait the six years. I'll join myself. I'll be doing a nice amount of uh, you know averot, and shmita comes and wipe it out for me for free. No, 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 Habibi. No, no, no. This is store credit. Store credit and wages that you owe people. Shmita doesn't cancel out. So the hanut is the is the uh, you know is the mashal that we're referring to. So you think that this is not going away. And not only that, the gabai, the one who was going to collect, is Mahazir Tamid. Right? He's looking around every minute to collect on the debts. Whether you remember why or not. Now, what is the gabaim that we're talking about over here? So Khamvajya used to explain that the gabaim that we're talking about, the collectors of these debts that have been people are accruing, is Yisurim. Suffering in this world. Okay, Should that uh, and he's uh, sometimes a person will remember his sin and he understands why Hashem gave him this little zing. He knows he did something wrong. Kaparat chalasna. Okay, and sometimes he has no clue. He doesn't remember totally. That's midatov v'shelo and that doesn't mean that it isn't going to happen just because you forgot. Because it says hadin din emet. Don't think that this is happening because because of no reason. Anything that's happening had a source, had a reason. You know why? Because it's Hayad Kotev. It's writing down. It's on the Pinkas. They have 
on what to rely on because the hand is writing down everything that is going on. Okay? And there's no sketch over here. There's no sketching Habibi in these worlds. All right? And the Gabaim Mahazir Tamid, and a person is getting these Yusurim, he doesn't know why he's getting them, and he doesn't understand why, and he can't remember, and he wants to say, Oh, Hashem, what are you doing to me? Habetz Haim tells a story about a guy. He's actually, he quotes the Magid, the, the Magid Mesharim. It's a story that he would tell from uh, a story that uh, Mashal, which I'll explain in a minute. There was one, uh, there was one guy, okay, Yehudi Ahad. He rented a house, you know, and uh, it was a big palace. The guy was a pretty wealthy guy, and he was paying uh, three hundred, uh, you know, gold coins a year, and uh, to the master of the house. The guy was a was a wealthy ruler of the town, and uh, he owned a bunch, a bunch of properties. And this Jew was a good, well-off guy, and he rented a beautiful house. And every year he would go once a year and drop off the money by the by the officer. They sit down, they have a cup of coffee, they're friendly, very nice. How are you doing? Everything's good, but enjoying the house. Yes, thank you very much. Great, no problem. Oh, I left you're a good tenant, thank you, taking care of my property the right way. Very nice. One day, the uh, officer, the uh, this guy, the ruler of the town, has to go on vacation or whatever. He's going on a business trip, wherever he's at, I'm gonna be out of town. I'm gonna be out for a little while. Uh, so he tells the um, he tells uh, his uh, right hand man, you know, you're in charge this year. But this guy that was, uh, you know, was taking care of his uh, estate while he was out of town was real mamzer, right? Tough guy, definitely didn't like Jews. Definitely was very tough. So the uh, the uh, guy comes to pay the rent, and he tells him, "What is this rent? Three hundred? No, the rent's not three hundred. It's five hundred." Says, "What do you mean? Every year I come, I pay three hundred. Says, "Well, no, no, the master told me." Now the rent is 500. You have a week to come back to bring me back the other 200. Where should that? A week, whatever. 300 to 500 is a huge increase. He says, I don't care. You have to come back with the money. Okay, what is he going to do? He goes around. He starts to you know, sell off some of his assets. He's checking the savings account, whatever he's got. He's short at the end, 20 coins. He has 180 gold coins additional. And he comes back to the guy and he says, listen, did you give me very little time? It's not fair. Here's, here's another uh, 180 and the other 20, well, you know, whatever. We'll figure it out to give me a little bit of time. The guy was a real, real tough guy. He says, absolutely not. He brings he brings two jash guys and he tells him, listen, you hold this guy down. He owes 20 gold coins. We're going to beat him for every coin, one whip. And we're going to whip him 20 times. And that's what they did. They beat him up, 20 hips, bah, bah, and the guy screaming, ah. And that's it. He left. What is he going to do? Okay, at least he didn't have to pay. But the guy is all broken. He's all beat up. He's bloody. A few months later, the officer comes back. So the Jew comes to visit him. He brings him a gift. Tells him, yo, this is what happened. This is the story. The guy, he got so angry. He got so angry at the guy. He says, that's what he did to you? 20, 20 lashes, you're my good friend. This and who, he, who, who told him to raise the rent? And who told him? He, you know what? I'm going to penalize this guy. For those 20 lashes, for every one hit, he's, he owes you 100 gold coins. 100 gold coins for every hit, times 20 hits, 2,000. 2,000 gold coins he has to give you. And now he, the, guy, the guy doesn't have it. You know, the, the, the officer knows that this guy doesn't have the money, but he knows that he does have a house that's worth 4,000 gold coins. So he takes out a piece of paper and he writes a deed for half the house of the guy that beat him and he gives it to this Jew. And he says, here's the value, here's the deed, you have half now, go. Okay? 
So the guy's walking home now, and he's coming home, and he's uh, he's looking at the, uh, you know, he's, people see him in the street. He gets to his house. His wife looks at his face. He looks upset. She tells him, "What happened? You went to see the guy. What did he tell you?" So he says, uh, "This is what he did." She pulls out the paper. He says, "Here, he gave me half the guy's house." So she says, "Half the house? You two thousand gold coins? You should be jumping for joy. What are you upset about? I don't understand." He says, "No, you don't understand. You know what I'm upset about?" I wish now that he hit me 40 times because I would have had the whole house. <laughs> it, it was so many months ago. You think I remember the pain? The pain's gone already. But now what do I have? I only have half. Of, if he let me beat me more, I would have had much more. Uh, so what's the nimshal? The nimshal is after 120 when we get to Shamaim and they show us all the benefit that all these headaches that we had in this world did for us and how much avonot it took care of and how much problems it wiped away. We would say, oh my gosh, I wish I had more. Hard to understand, hard to say, but that's what the uh, they bring. That's what they bring down. It's a uh, this recording is getting a little bit long, so I think I'm going to wrap it up here. I wanted to say one more. Actually, I want one more thing. We'll just wrap it one more. Okay. Anyway, so we'll finish up. When it comes to to you know um, to Yisurim and people explaining and crying out, well, the Quran says the story about Hillel as a kid. He was coming home on the road and he hears screaming from the town. The people he's traveling, a bunch of people, and Hillel says, "Oh." There's a problem in the town, but I'm sure it's not coming from my house. And the rabbi, the Gwana asks, what do you mean? How could Hillel know that there's not the problem coming from his house? The, Gwana, the, the explanation they bring down is very, very powerful. He says, Hillel explained to his family, and they lived by the rule that everything that Hashem does is good. And if it's happening, it's because it's going to be beneficial for us. So there's no way they would be crying out and screaming if something happened to them. They would never say, oh my God, how could this happen? Oh my, no. They were, ne- they were trained. They understood that everything is me'ahava, that everything has a purpose, that everything is beneficial, as everything is in our lives and all the events that are occurring at the end are beneficial to us. Why? Because the deen is deen emet. It's all setting us up for that final meal at the end of days. Have a wonderful day.